Thinking about buying or refinancing a home? Now's a great time. Check out Christian Community Credit Union's low-rate home loans. Home equity lines of credit are available too. For a limited time only, get a special offer of no closing costs on a home equity line of credit. And when your home loan or equity credit line funds, you'll get a free eight-piece culinary set. Plus, when you bank with Christian Community Credit Union, your money helps churches and ministries thrive. Don't miss out on their great rate for a new member welcome certificate. For more details, just visit mycccu.com cpn. Or you can call 800-347-CCCU, extension 4445. Again, that's mycccu.com cpn. Or 800-347-CCCU, extension 4445. Each account is insured up to $250,000. By member's choice, this institution is not federally insured. Christian Community Credit Union is an equal opportunity lender. Get your free book, Managing God's Money, by Randy Alcorn when you open an account and become a member. You know, Paul said, make the most of every opportunity. Some countries are just very, very open. We could call them red hot, that we can do a ton of planning right now. The door is open. Other countries, it's much more difficult. So in 2020, we're going to swing towards some of those countries that are most open. And uh, those are the opportunities, either to plant a small church if you're a small group or an individual. You can plant a small church on searchproject.com. Or if you're a business leader or a pastor and you say, I want to plant a big one in a big city, you can contact us and we can help. We have several of those that are uh, always ready to plant. This is Charisma Connection. I'm Chris Johnson, and today we're enjoying a visit from Pastor Larry Stockstill. He's just back from Portugal and joins us from his home area of Baton Rouge. Is that right, Pastor Larry? That's correct. So glad to be with you. Great to have you here on Charisma Connection. Now, if people are not involved or uh, engaged with you in any way, I'll tell them that Pastor Larry has served as senior pastor of Bethany World Prayer Center for 28 years. He's grown the church to 7,000 members, and here's an exciting thing. They've been giving $63 million to missions. I love to hear that. So in 2001, Pastor Larry launched the Surge Project, and his desire is to see churches planted more effectively. So we're going to talk about that a little bit today. So Pastor Larry, welcome to Charisma Connection. And I want to say that I love love it when I heard that you consider yourself a missionary stuck in a pastor's body. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Right. And, and, you know, that came from my first two years of marriage. Hmm. I was the ORU uh, associate chaplain, and I led the first missions teams from ORU overseas. And um, ended up staying in Ghana and Nigeria for just about two years. And um, so I saw, 
you know, the real need of the world. I saw missionaries that had to push a vehicle more than they drove it, which was me. Hmm. And uh, I, I thought if I ever get in the position where I have the checkbook, I'm going to make a, a major difference in the world. So at 30, I became senior pastor, and that's when we started increasing our, our giving 100000 a year for many, many years. But uh, it was my experience those two years as an ORU uh, staffer that just really put missions deeply inside my spirit, and it became the trajectory, really, of my whole ministry. Hmm, that's wonderful. So does all of that relate to how the Surge Project got started? Very much. Um, of course, in 1983, I became a pastor. We had about, we're giving about 400000 a year to missions at that time. My dad was the pastor. Mm-hmm. And uh, about 17, 18 years later in 2000, we had, I'm going to say, 100 missionaries we were supporting. We were giving, I think, around $2 million a year to those missionaries. And uh, I, I sat down uh, with a Gideon's International speaker who was there for the Sunday service with me. And he quickly explained how the Gideons have set up 12 regions around the world and distributed probably close to 200 million Bibles now through those 12 regions. And immediately the Holy Spirit spoke to me, this is how you're going to do missions from now on. Hmm. And I did a little check and I found out that I had a key missionary in most of those regions. And I assembled that group and we, we started off giving them about 15, 20 countries each. And they started discipling a key leader from each nation in their zone. And that's how we started planning our first little group of churches, only those that we were in relationship with. So from there, we began with, I think, 10 or 15 churches the first year. And at one point, we actually planted 3,000 churches in one year back in 2008, I believe. So multiplication happened of leadership. So, uh, yes, Surge is very, very much connected to my evolution of missions vision. I do believe in missionaries from America being supported, but now I've shifted to just supporting national leaders across the world. Many of them have been in countries that the Gospel Foundation is laid already, mm-hmm. and uh, they all they need is just the money to build on it. So that's what we're focusing on now. I see. So uh, perhaps especially because you're using national leaders, how important is it to have apostolic leaders uh, to missions and to your project in general? Absolutely critical, because having lived on the field two years, I know there's a lot of scam artists out there that are that are very familiar with the, the missions dollars and how to get them, hmm. but they have no accountability. No one ever knows about their work. Well, this is the opposite unless they are connected to one of our team that oversees each country, they don't get support. And by the way, they get one year of support uh, is is what Surge is all about, is one year of support, not necessarily building buildings. We haven't done a lot of that, but we, we feel like the one year of support gives them the first stage of the rocket. And if they have if they have fuel in the other two stages, they sure will start orbiting for years. Well, that that has proved true. Not every plant has made it, of course, but most of them have just by getting that year of support. Well, we really only parcel that out as we get reports every three to six months. They get more support, and as our overseers watch their progress. So it's turned out to be a highly efficient thing, we think, 
uh, as compared to just writing checks to unknown people who really never just do anything but send pictures and they can be taking pictures of anybody else's work. So that, that, that's been a, a key component for us. That's very interesting. And, and so you thought a one-year period would be adequate for that? It's not the total amount needed, but we feel like 12 months, if a man or a woman is truly called uh, as a pastor, they have the ability to raise up disciples to find worthy men. Jesus said, find a worthy man and stay with him. We, we encourage them to find a worthy man or worthy woman like Lydia that they can attach themselves to that will then begin the support of the church from their country. So they are trained to focus on that type of person. Also, we have helped with micro-businesses with some of that support. Hmm. So, for instance, in Thailand, it's a cricket farm. $800 of it can do a cricket farm. And that supports not only one worker, but several workers just adding some grass to the cage every day. So it doesn't take them out of their orbit of ministry, but they multiply every three months. So uh, that we've used a number of methods, motorcycles in Africa. We use some of the support to buy that. uh, And they use it as a taxi going village to village. And uh, one man planted 46 churches with just one motorcycle. Hmm. So we've used methods of trying to make that, that it's $3,500 is what we, we send pretty much in an average around the world, but we make it stretch over that year. So it's as efficient as possible. But if they don't have it, I just have to tell you, no amount of funds, like John Maxwell says, it doesn't matter how long the runway is. If you don't have it, you're not going to clear the treetops. So we we feel like that one year of supervised support really shows us their capability. Yes, I can see that. And uh, with the microenterprise, sometimes that would help to assist. Now, tell us about the, you know, Jesus talked a lot about multiplication, and it seems like you are really finding this to be effective. We are. Now, addition is wonderful, adding Christians one by one, adding churches one by one, it's good. But in order to catch up with how far behind we are in the population of the world, we have to enter multiplication. Hmm. And a lot of times that's thought to be like an anointing. I hear people pray the anointing of multiplication. I don't really see that. I really feel that Paul was in multiplication through a team. And until you build a team, you'll never start multiplication, but until your team builds a team, you'll never enter it. It's like a tree trunk, which would be me, branches, which would be my team around the world that I've built in the 12 regions of the world. But then they have to build a team before all the leaders start being trained and released. I really, most of the fruit is on the end of the branches anyway, the little twigs. So when we talk about multiplication, the simple definition we use in Surge is when a team builds a team, you enter multiplication. And truly, we're we're in multiplication with leaders. We have sometimes 700 leaders every three months that are being trained, but we're in addition in fundraising <laughs> because we just cannot fund all of those candidates that we have. We're having to do just the very best ones. So um, that it's a concept that a lot of people have not understood. They think one by one, but Paul had that team, and they all built a team, and 
that's how he reached the Roman Empire. So people around the world are really hearing about the Surge Project and that they could be funded as missionaries among their own people to plant the churches, and you have too many workers, is what you're saying. Well, we usually do, and we've had to leave some circling the airport, as it was for a year at a time, mm-hmm. because we just have, have, have had so many. It comes and goes. Sometimes we have more than less, but... We usually do have uh, many workers ready to be funded. Now, if a person wants to plant a church, they can contact us at uh, surgeproject.com and tell us about their ministry. We will have our national leader, a regional leader or national leader, contact them and interview them and try to see who they're connected with. A lot of times we support denominational workers. Mm-hmm. which we really love to do, Assembly of God, Church of God, really people that are uh, filled with the Spirit. And most of them have small groups because uh, that's sort of our DNA. And and once we discover a, that denomination, we partner with them. They train them and they oversee them. We just give them the finances in that case. So a lot of our church planning has been done with denominations but in many places, there are no denominations. We've had to raise up our own oversight and do our own training. So uh, that's how they could get started if they're sort of looking for training. Maybe they're in a denomination, and that denomination can contact us, and we can go from there. Well, that's good teamwork for sure, especially mm-hmm. if you don't know the people. So, um right. You know, there are, of course, certain areas in the world that are more restricted. Uh, could you talk about those and how you, you know, is there anything in particular that you do in those areas that you wouldn't do in an open country? Yes, that's becoming more and more, by the way. Mm-hmm. Um, China was open for many years. It has become highly restricted with facial recognition cameras. Hmm. And I understand they have 170 million of those now. They're moving that up to 700 million cameras. So my worker is Chinese. He's an American Chinese uh, person. He speaks Mandarin fluently. But he's able to be in there with facial recognition. But now they're following you every step you walk with facial cameras. So then India has become extremely restrictive in the last five years, to our surprise. And, of course, the Middle East has always been restrictive. Uh, Russia has. So we never list uh, online the name of a worker. We don't give reports online of their work. In fact, we don't tell their name even to the supporter because it's just too dangerous. Uh, And any Internet contact or email or anything can result in a catastrophe. So we are extremely careful when it comes to the restricted countries. Yes, and I'm thinking of places in Eastern Europe, perhaps. Uh, Correct. That would be difficult. So, Yes. So what kind of uh, strategic opportunities are available for some people who might want to sign up with you? Well, in terms of support, we have planted two types of churches. The smaller churches, which we're known for, our little rural churches, that the average 50 to 100 people out in a very rural area, we've planted thousands of those, 
those churches we call significant churches. Uh, our larger churches in metroplexes require a lot more support. We've tried to invest between fifty and a hundred thousand dollars in those, and uh, many of them have now grown into thousands with multiple campuses. Mm-hmm. and multiple sites. So we have a little bit of different strategy. For instance, Havana, Cuba, we planted a strategic church. Someone gave $100,000. We planted a, we have 700 in that church uh, now after just a couple of years. Guadalajara, uh, the same thing happened. We have 2,800 in that church. So that's two different opportunities. And, you know, Paul said, make the most of every opportunity. Some countries are just very, very open. We could call them red hot, Hmm. that we can do a ton of planning right now. The door is open. Other countries, it's much more difficult. So in 2020, we're going to swing towards some of those countries that are most open. And uh, those are the opportunities, either to plant a small church, if you're a small group, or an individual, you can plant a small church on searchproject.com. Or if you're a business leader or a pastor and you say, I want to plant a big one in a big city, you can contact us and we can help. We have several of those that are uh, always ready to plant. Mm-hmm. So in many places around the globe, you find that fields are ready for harvest? Oh, my goodness. You have no idea. I was just in, Por- in Portuguese, Portugal, Lisbon this week. Mm-hmm. And a pastor was there who, uh, he I, I believe he told me he has 350 pastors he's trained that are ready to plant. Uh, in Madagascar, in the rainforest, we found an apostolic leader that joined Surge. And in the last uh, 15 years, he's planted 5,000 churches in that unreached rainforest before he had any help. There's so many apostolic leaders in Africa in uh, South America, in Asia, that are looking for fathering. And and let me mention this. big part of our component in Surge is fathering. Paul spoke often, my dear son Timothy, and all of his workers were spiritual sons. Hmm. He addressed them as sons, Titus and, and, and the various ones. Well, we use that principle of fathering. So we have relational church planting not strategic in the sense of it's more organic than organizational. So we, we're looking uh, actually for fathering relationships that we can enter into. And that's why we're, we're very excited about that concept. It's unusual. Missions by multiplication is unusual. Missions by discipleship and, and rather than just crusades or Bible schools or, uh, um, doing all manner of of uh, social justice or things like that. All are good. We don't criticize any of it. We believe it's all necessary. But our thing is fathering and enabling them to multiply. Well, there are different uh, strokes for different folks, as they say, but this That's, seems like need an it all. excellent uh, yeah. strategy. Somebody said if a, house, if a house is burning down, don't stop anybody that has a bucket full of water to check the label on the bucket. Let them pour <laughs> it on. So there you go. We, we are all for anything that opens doors. In fact, an orphanage, uh, a, a key orphanage, came to us and said, we've learned that orphanages don't work without a local church. 
I didn't mm. know that, but he said that's our experience in the Philippines and other places. So he is partnering with Surge to plant local churches that will then raise up an orphanage. Mm-hmm. So we've almost found that when you go at it with a key leader who plants a church, they tend to do clinics, they tend to do water wells if they have some help, they tend to uh, do orphanages. So it, it, it's just our theory about it. Mm, that's really great partnership. So there was another interesting thing that I noticed on your website, and that is how you are taking people, anyone, on a global missions experience virtually. Why did you want to do this, and how does it work? So fantastic, because people can't see the mission field. They can they can go on National Geographic and see countries, but they can't see, like I mentioned, Madagascar. What does the rainforest in Madagascar look like? Well, we take them on a helicopter ride over the tops of the trees. We land in a village in the middle of that rainforest. People come running out that are in our church. They're in a service. So it's a re- virtual reality is a way to travel in your jammies, as they say, sitting <laughs> in your home looking at. But it's, it's, it's a little, uh, we would call it almost a kaleidoscope-looking Thing. It's a pair of binoculars made out of cardboard that are, are mailed to you if you want to use those. Some people already have their own VR uh, sets, ocular. And, but you can um, plug your phone into the back of this little cardboard uh, eyeglasses, they look like, and you download the, the, video, the VR uh, video and turn it on. And when you look, you can look 360. So you can turn your head backwards and you see the back of the room instead of the front of the room. Everywhere you turn your head, you're seeing like you're looking at it. And it's a, it, it makes it so real. You can look down, you see your feet. You look down, you know. Mm-hmm. So it's a fabulous thing. And we've had several thousand people already do that. Uh, and we do it at conferences where they can go out in the lobby and, and do the virtual experience and so we love it. It's in the beginning stages, but it seems it's starting to take off. Hmm, that's very cool. I saw that you had like five different countries that you were highlighting at this point. That's right, which is our beginning. We sent a videographer around the world. He came back with hours of footage, and uh, that's what we're making our VR uh, videos out of. Mm-hmm. Well, um, I, I was a missionary in the Philippines for a while working with Far East Broadcasting Company and radio. Now, we used to, yes. you know, use the old slideshow. <laughs> yes. Things have changed. <laughs> yes, they have. We have to keep up with them. <laughs> That's because right. Because the new generation is, uh, they're longing for technology. Mm-hmm. Well, virtual reality is certainly uh, an asset as you uh, seek to tell people about the Surge Project. So uh, I believe we have covered the basics. Now, if people really want to dig in and learn more, they should go to the Surge. It's just surgeproject.com. That's correct, surgeproject.com. And there they can find our values, our history, some candidates for church planning that are ready, and how they can uh, connect and fund them. Uh, they also can request the book called Surge, just that word Surge. I wrote a paperback book that we can mail them or they can download uh, off our site that helps them to get the uh, the DNA of it. I had one pastor of about 10,000 members. Um, somebody gave him a Surge book, 
and he got just electrified about the concept, and he is now uh, planting churches, a couple of hundred a year, but his goal is to plant a church for every seat in his auditorium, 2,400 seats, and it's quite a vision that he and his four or 500 members that have all bought into serves they have banquets they have so it's it's amazing we're seeing a lot of our mega churches that are starting to plant hundreds of churches then we have very small churches that are planting one a month one man has planted one a month for many years Hmm. that's significant whole denominations don't plant 15 churches in a year sometimes you know a small denomination they, they don't even know how to do that so we have the people, we know the people, and steward those resources, but they get to they get to feel their significance worldwide. That's excellent. And the, the longevity is, is going to come through these churches and their leaders around the world. And it and it right. seems you have covered the whole world with these twelve regions. Yes. Which is so exciting. You should be in Nicaragua and a man come up to you that says in 2005, I believe, he planted as a small surge congregation. Now he has 2,000, and he's one of the largest churches in Nicaragua. He's one of the top leaders, same in Brazil, so many places where we just we got them off the ground. We got the first stage, got them up in the atmosphere, but their gift kicked in, and, and they've done amazing work. We love national leadership. We love them. They're there's so many fine, incredible people around the world. That's excellent. Well, as we close, I mean, people are going to go to surgeproject.com, I'm sure. But as we close, why don't you pray for those who have a missions heart and are just wondering which direction to go? Should they go to the field? Should they get involved with something like Surge Project? Should they somehow support through their church? There are so many different avenues for missions. Would you pray for those yes. people? I would be glad to, and I'd like to pray for you, too. You've done an amazing job of interviewing, and just, wow, charisma's blessed to have you. Father, <laughs> I'm so thankful, Lord, the field is ripe unto harvest. You said to lift up our eyes and look on the fields. We look at 7.4 billion people, 5 billion of which we're relatively sure they're not yet saved. Lord, deliver us from complacency. Lift up our eyes to that line of people that would circle the world 39 times at the equator of lost people. I pray for pastors that feel stuck in just a local vision that has no world vision. I pray for members that want to make a world difference. I pray for business people, Lord, that are building businesses they don't even know what for. I pray you would connect them, and I pray for our missionary force across the world, Lord. Even our American missionaries that are laboring faithfully across the world, let them raise up a team that builds a team. Let them enter multiplication in every country of the world. Lord Jesus, we give you all glory. May your sacrifice on the cross, may it be worthy of our efforts to reap this great final harvest, Father. We pray the Jabez prayer. Bless each listener indeed. Enlarge their vision and territory. Let your divine presence and hand be upon them 
and keep them from evil and harm, Father. We bless them today in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, thank you so much, Pastor Larry, for being with us today. It's it's just been a delight talking to you about the Surge Project and about what you're seeing in missions around the world. My pleasure. Thank you for the honor. I'm Chris Johnson. You've been listening to Charisma Connection. And if you enjoyed this episode on The Surge Project, check out one of our other podcasts, A Word in Season. That's with Doug Stringer from Somebody Cares America. Like Pastor Larry, Doug has a heart for missions and service. Learn more about A Word in Season at cpnshows.com. This has been a production of the Charisma Podcast Network. Steve and Joyce Strang are the founders and owners of CPN. Dr. Steve Green is the executive producer of the Charisma Podcast Network. We intend to honor God with every podcast and remain thankful to our advertisers and supporters who make these podcasts possible.